Professor Arthur Schaefer, thank you for joining me today. Nice to be with you. Professor, first of all, why do you think the government is doing this at this point, this review? Well, we've had massive consultations for the past two decades, and and just a few years ago, there was a parliamentary committee, uh, joint uh, Senate and the House of Commons, uh, that that did consultations and made uh, excellent recommendations, which had they been followed, would have saved the government a lot of grief. There was a, uh, a provincial territorial expert panel on uh, medical assistance in dying. I, perhaps I should mention I served on that panel, uh, and we did consultations. Uh, this 10-day consultation, I think, is probably for some political reason. Maybe the government feels that that, uh, that it acquires some protective uh, carapace as a result of doing yet another consultation. Mm-hmm. What kind of the ethical questions are at the heart of this right now? Well, the, the legislation that was passed by the government of Canada uh, on June the 17th, 2016, uh, contained a number of controversial uh, uh, provisions, which at the time people said, you know, this isn't going to withstand constitutional challenge. It's too restrictive. It's unreasonably restrictive. But for whatever reasons, the the Minister of Justice, Judy Wilson-Raybould, and the Minister of Health, Jane Philpott, decided uh, that their bill, C-14, would contain, they called them safeguards, but uh, for vulnerable Canadians, but they made they made the legislation so restrictive that m- many people uh, who should be eligible aren't, and that's why we're going through this new exercise of revising the legislation. And perhaps I should also mention, Mark, that a recent court case from the uh, Quebec Superior Court uh, threw out the government's legislation, or one provision of it, as being unconstitutional because it's too restrictive. So that compelled the government to revise the legislation. Well, when you say restrictive, what are the restrictions? Well, there there are several that are, I would say, ethically dubious. So let me start with the aforementioned Quebec Superior Court decision. That was a case where the plaintiffs were two Quebec citizens, both of whom should have been eligible for a certificate entitling them to a me- medical assistance in, in dying, but neither met one of the eligibility criteria. So the criteria they met were that they were both suffering from a grievous medical condition, so that box was ticked. They were suffering intolerably, that box was ticked. The condition was irremediable, and uh, they were both uh, competent to make the end-of-life decision. However, the government had decided in its uh, 2016 Bill C-14 legislation to introduce an additional restriction, which wasn't mentioned by the Supreme Court in its leading decision in the Carter case, and that was the government said uh, you aren't eligible for uh, medical assistance in death unless your death is reasonably foreseeable. 
And nobody knew what that meant. Uh, in one court case uh, called AB in Ontario, the court said, well, the patient is 77 years old, so even though they're their disease isn't lethal, they're in constant pain and they're competent. So the fact that they're 77 means that their death is reasonably foreseeable. As some courts have interpreted, some lawyers have interpreted, some physicians have interpreted reasonably foreseeable death to mean that death has to be imminent, so you have to be dying. That would exclude many patients with diseases such as ALS or uh, Parkinson's or dementia, where the disease will perhaps eventually kill them, but it may not kill them for a few years. So they've been ruled ineligible, and doctors have been afraid to provide MAID, and there's been quite a public outcry against this and numerous court cases. So the reasonable foreseeability clause is one of the two or three uh, central restrictions that's been most controversial. And it's now been ruled uh, unconstitutional, so the government's going to have to change that. Well, Professor Schaefer, where does Canada stand in medically assisted dying compared to other countries around the world? Well, uh, uh, a number of American states, growing almost by the month, have legalized physician-assisted suicide. Uh, usually with quite restrictive conditions. So Oregon was the first, and then Washington State, and now California and Delaware and, and so on. But none of these states has legalized mercy killing. So the physician can prescribe prescription for a lethal drug, but the patient has to take it. And many patients at the end of life aren't capable of swallowing or they're too frail. Uh, the, the potion, uh, even when mixed with orange juice, is kind of bitter. Uh, Canada, along with a number of other countries in, in, in Europe, uh, including uh, most prominently uh, the Netherlands and Belgium, has legalized both physician-assisted suicide and physician-administered mercy killing. I, I recall that there were a couple of Canadians that had to travel, uh, I think, to Switzerland uh, to uh, have medically assisted dying. Yes, Switzerland is, uh, is, is one of the countries that provides physician-assisted suicide. Actually, it's not physician-assisted suicide because it's not a doctor. It's uh, usually a nurse in Switzerland. But uh, they, they allow assisted suicide, and, and unlike uh, Oregon and Washington State, uh, you don't have to be a resident of Switzerland. And the criteria, the conditions of eligibility are uh, uh, much more permissive in Switzerland. So uh, citizens from Canada, from Britain, from other countries in the world uh, often go to Switzerland. But you have to be able to travel. You have to be able to afford the expense of uh, getting yourself to Switzerland. You're often leaving behind your family and friends. It's not a very satisfactory solution, and uh, Canadians now have the, have the option. Perhaps I should have mentioned, Mark, uh, another of the really controversial provisions that I think might be revised when the new legislation is produced has to do with competence at the time uh, made is administered. So, our legislation was written so that you have to be competent when you get the certificate, when you're assessed as being eligible. But if you lose competence, if, for example, as happened with a, a Halifax resident, you've got brain cancer and you're competent, uh, but you're afraid that if you delay, the brain cancer may uh, eliminate your competence. Well, if you cease to be competent even an hour before the scheduled time of administration, a doctor who assists you to die 
uh, is guilty of murder. So uh, patients with Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's disease or certain kinds of cancers, and certainly patients in the early stages of dementia who are competent but who fear they may lose competent, have to play a game of chicken or Russian roulette. They, they want to live longer, but they've got to calibrate, well, at which point will I, may I lose competence and then lose eligibility? So the requirement that you have to be competent at the moment it's administered may be revised to allow you to, to uh, formulate an, an advanced directive. So you get the certificate of eligibility, you've, you've got a grievous medical condition, you're suffering intolerably, the condition is irremediable, you're competent, and then you have an advanced directive that says, when my dementia proceeds to the point where I don't know who I am or I don't recognize my spouse or my children, I wish made to be administered. If the law were changed to permit that, I think Canadians uh, would feel much more relieved that dementia wouldn't be such a dreadful process uh, in terms of getting assistance in dying. And, and what do you hope will come from these consultations? Well, I, I, I don't think the consultations are going to produce any, anything very remarkable. About between 80 and 90% of Canadians support the right of uh, competent individuals to have access to this additional end-of-life choice, namely physician assistance in dying. That's not controversial. I think overwhelmingly Canadians believe that you should, just as you can have a living will, an advanced directive, and you can say, if I become incompetent, uh, I don't want CP, I don't want to be resuscitated, I don't want uh, an antibiotic for my pneumonia, I want to be taken off a respirator, or I don't want to be put on a respirator or, or a kidney machine, you can say all of that. Uh, what you can't do is say, I want made. I want a medically assisted death. And I, I think there would be very widespread support amongst Canadians for an expansion of the eligibility criteria. And when might this all come to pass then? Once the consultations are over and so on and so forth, when, when might a new law be uh, instituted? It has to be very soon. Uh, because the uh, Quebec court, which uh, which ruled that the government's legislation was unconstitutional because it was too restrictive, uh, gave them, I think it was six months. However, the government may go back to court and say, can we have an extension? I would, I would think within certainly this year, the government will have uh, new legislation which will revise the restrictions, the safeguards, um, by the way, one of the key points the Quebec court made was uh, the government had argued we need this very restrictive legislation. So, for example, the, the, the uh, requirement that you be dying imminently. We need that, they said, in order to protect vulnerable uh, Canadians. And what the court said was you haven't provided us with any evidence that this actually is necessary to protect vulnerable Canadians. And there is no evidence. And in other jurisdictions with more permissive legislation which in which more people are eligible, there's no evidence of uh, harmful effect to, uh, to, to vulnerable people. Professor Arthur Schaefer, thank you very much for this. Nice chatting with you, Mark.